0: in my series dealing with common questions and controversies of Christianity. In today's lesson, I'm going to be addressing the role of women in the church. Now, throughout church history, women have traditionally and joyfully served our Lord in keeping with their God-given roles. Although women are seen in the Bible as wives and mothers, the feminist movement has been very successful in influencing women to abandon God's plan for their lives, Unfortunately, this harmful philosophy has infiltrated the church, creating a lot of confusion regarding their roles both in ministry and in the home. So let's take a look at what Scripture says about women by considering six questions. Question number one, what can we learn from women in the Old Testament? Genesis 1:27 tells us that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. This verse stresses that both men and women are created equal in God's image, so we're exactly equal in God's eyes. Despite this equality, though, there are some differences in their God-given functions and their responsibilities. In Genesis chapter 2, we're told that God created Adam first and then Eve later for the specific purpose of being Adam's helper. Now, although Eve was completely equal, her function as a woman would be carried out under her husband's authority and in submission to his leadership. Now, the word helper may seem sort of demeaning, but it's really not because Deuteronomy 33.7 and Psalm 33.2 tell us that God himself was the helper of Israel. Now, The primary responsibility then of wives to submit to their husbands isn't a sinful idea created by man. It was determined at creation even before the fall of the human race. So that concept isn't sinful. It's the way God intended it to be. Adam and Eve's disobedience to God's command not to eat the tree resulted in certain consequences. Genesis 3.16 says, To the women he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So for women, God pronounced a curse that related to her God-given domain in the home and with her family. It include multiplied pain in childbirth and tension in the authority and submission relationship of the husband and wife. We're told that the woman's desire would be for her husband, but he will rule over her. So what does desire mean? Is it positive or is it negative? Well, if we go over to Genesis 4-7, we see that desire means excessive control over. So the curse in Genesis three sixteen refers to a new desire on the part of the woman to exercise control over her husband by usurping his authority. But the husband then will oppressively rule and exert authority over her. So the curse caused some pretty serious problems in the marriage relationship. So Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden brought God's judgment, and that set in motion an ongoing struggle between the sexes, between women who are seeking control, and men who are seeking dominance. Question number two, what about women leaders in the Old Testament? Well, Old Testament women were active in religious life of Israel, but generally they weren't leaders. Women like Deborah, out of Judges 4, is always brought out as an example, but she was clearly an exception and not the rule. Isaiah 3.12 indicates that God allowed women to rule as a part of his judgment on the nation of Israel because they were sinning. Women never had an ongoing prophetic ministry. For example, no woman was ever a priest. No queen ever ruled Israel. No woman ever wrote an Old Testament book. For that matter, nor did they ever write any New Testament book. That brings us to question number three How did Jesus feel about women? Well, the ancient world treated women with contempt, but Jesus always showed great love and respect for women. Jewish rabbis didn't teach women. The Jewish Talmud, which was a commentary on Jewish religion, states that it's better to burn the Torah than to teach women the truth. Jesus never took the position that women shouldn't be taught. He not only included them in his ministry, but he also included them as illustrations and images in his teaching. In John 4, he spoke to the Samaritan woman at the well, which in that day was taboo. And he discussed with her topics such as eternal life and the true nature of worship. Another thing, Jesus allowed a small group of women to travel with him and his disciples And that was an unprecedented thing at that time. You know, the Lord's treatment of women was unmatched in another way. In Jewish culture, women weren't allowed to be witnesses in their courts because they were considered liars. But that wasn't true with our Lord. After his resurrection, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene and sent her to announce to the other disciples that he had risen. So what's important for us to note is that the Lord's treatment of women raised them to the dignity that they deserve. He set the standard for how men should treat women, namely honor and respectful. This clearly demonstrated their equality as God's creation. However, at the same time, Jesus still did not exalt women to a place of leadership over men. Question number four. What does the New Testament epistles say about women? In the epistles, two principles exist side by side. The principle of equality and submission. Galatians 3.28 says, points out the equality indicating that the way of salvation is the same for both men and women and that they are members of equal standing in the body of Christ. It tells us that neither male nor female are different because they're all one in Christ. However, equal in salvation doesn't dissolve the difference between men and women. Scripture is clear That equality doesn't equate to absolute equality in every aspect of God's design for male and female. Question number five, what does scripture say about the woman's role in the family? Now, before we get to the wise, it has to be noted that Ephesians 5.21 calls for mutual submission between all believers. So both genders are to love others and submit their lives and putting others first by submitting to their needs. So the general idea then of loving submission is for every Christian, and it's every Christian's responsibility. While every marriage involves love and submission to both the husband and the wife, there are four key passages that give specific instructions to the wives to submit to their husbands. Those four passages are Ephesians 5.22, Colossians 3.18, Titus 2.5, and 1 Peter 3.1. Now, the voluntary submission of a wife to her husband is ultimately an expression of love and submission to God, and a desire to follow His design is revealed in His Word. Submission is never pictured as demeaning or in any way a diminishing of a wife's equality. Jesus submitted to the Father, and yet they are totally equal in divine essence. The Father isn't superior to Jesus, nor is Jesus inferior to the Father. So those truths also apply then to the husband and wife. Each of the roles is clearly spelled out in the New Testament. Ephesians 5.25 informs us that the husband's role is to love his wife sacrificially, just as Christ loves the church. He's also to serve as the leader in that relationship as two equals. Now wives have a different role. Titus 2.5 instructs wives to be workers at home, kind being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Wives honor God's word then when they fulfill their God-given role as managers in the home and by submitting to their husband's headship. Some point to Proverbs 31 to justify having careers outside of the home, but the vast majority of her work was done inside her home. That doesn't mean a woman can't have a job outside, but it's a matter of priority. She did go to the town to sell her products. However, the context clearly emphasizes her responsibility to her home, to her husband, and her children. Question number six. What role do women have in the New Testament church? Now, from the very beginning, women fulfilled a very vital role in the Christian church, but it wasn't one of leadership The apostles were all men, and all the chief missionary activity was done by men, and the books of the New Testament were written by men, and also the leadership of the church, the deacons and the elders, were entrusted to men. Now, although the apostle Paul respected women and worked side by side with them, he appointed no females as pastors. That's not very popular today. That's being done in many, many churches. But Paul urged that only men were to be leaders in the church. In 1 Timothy 2.12, Paul said, I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. Quiet here is not that they can't talk. It's in the context of preaching and specifically to men. Although women are spiritual equals with men, and the ministry of women is essential to the body of Christ, there's no question about that. But Jesus never allowed women to exercise authority over men in the church. So just like men, women can only realize their full potential by following God's plan. Only in obedience to Him and His design will women truly be able to, in the fullest sense, to give glory to God. Well, that concludes our podcast, and I hope I was able to bring some clarity to such an important, sensitive subject. In my next podcast, we'll be looking at what the Bible says about the sufficiency of Scripture. So, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, may you learn Christ, love Christ, and live for Christ. We trust that you have been blessed by listening to this week's episode of Touch Points, a weekly podcast produced by East Point Bible Church in Peru, Indiana. To learn more about East Point, we would love to connect with you by reaching out via our website at ebcperu.org. That's ebcperu.org.